Hello and welcome to the final episode of season three of In the Changing Room with me, Sissy Radford. My final guest of this season is Katia Vershelis. Katia is a highly experienced dancer and actress and has been since a very young age. She became Canadian ballroom champion at the age of 16 and since went on to find a passion for and a calling in the entertainment industry. As you'll hear in this episode, throughout Katia's career, she has danced with and taught many, many famous actors, singers and dancers, including the one and only Jennifer Lopez. Actually, I had to remind myself in this episode when Katia was talking about Jennifer that she was in fact talking about Jennifer Lopez. Katia was also part of the cast of the very famous BBC Strictly Come Dancing for three years before going on to produce and star in her own tour production, performing in over 80 theatres across the UK. After the birth of her first son and moving to Hong Kong with her family, Katia, in her own words, truly found her calling. While looking for dance classes for her son, she came up with the idea of Ballroom Bees, a fun and friendly way for kids to connect through dance, music and play. Ballroom Bees' mission is to empower, enrich and educate children through the world of ballroom dancing. They aim to provide a safe environment for children to develop motor skills, a sense of self and social skills. All things that are essential in building confidence and fostering a deep sense of respect for their peers. To me, um, it, to me when boys learn to dance, it teaches them, it, it normalizes their relationship with the opposite sex. Mm. I think a lot of things that we get when it comes to dancing is like, oh, I'm touching somebody's hand and oh my God, they're so close to me. And it teaches them healthy boundaries because to us from, you know, from a young age in our class, we ask a girl's, your partner's hand, would you like to dance? And this is where you hold a partner and this is how you hold a partner. Mm. So you learn how to be in close proximities with them without being so nervous mm. about it. Katia has seen for herself the incredible influence that dancing can have on young children and has developed the Ballroom Bees program especially to help introduce children to the wonderful world of ballroom dancing. Katia and I had such fun recording this episode together, talking about her incredible career, me fangirling over Strictly and Jennifer Lopez, also talking about dancing and acting, and of course, Ballroom Bees. All the details of Ballroom Bees can be found in the show notes of this episode, so do have a look at what they do and what they have coming up. But for now, uh, over to Katia and over to this episode. Enjoy. Morning, Katia. Good morning, Sissy. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> really good. good. Really good. I'm good. much better now, actually. So, yeah. Really oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've got this great vibe going. It's nice. Oh. I feel better. And you've got your coffee. I've got my coffee. What yes. more do you need? What more do On I need? On this fresh morning in Hong Kong. The, one of them cinnamon buns. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the bakery I've had to ban myself from. Um, Katia, you're my first ever dancer on the podcast, so I'm very I'm going to do a curtsy. Yeah, <laughs> please I'm do. do a curtsy. <laughs> Perfect for an audio <laughs> medium uh, <laughs> episode. Uh, but the, the time lapse we've yeah. got it, so that's good. Um, Katia, you've been dancing forever, have you, since you were super young. You grew up in Canada, and I read that at the age of 50, 16, you were the Canadian champion. Yes. Amazing. This is something you've always been doing. So in Soviet Union, in Russia, um, it, as soon as you grow up, 
you're thrown into the arts world and dance. It's kind of like in England, you mm -hmm. are given a football when you're born. Right. <laughs> so um, so in, uh, in, in Russia and Eastern Europe, it's dancing, everybody dances, because mm -hmm. it's just kind of part of growing up, part of culture. So dancing was always in my blood. My aunt is a famous ballerina. My mother was um, a theater and drama teacher. So I really wow. had zero choice. <laughs> yeah, you were in the arts. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved dancing. I absolutely loved dancing. I loved putting on shows. I loved having people, um, well, obviously, center of attention. Right. <laughs> I to I can relate a little. Yeah. <laughs> I was the youngest, so I needed people to hear me. Right, yeah. And yeah, so I started dancing in Israel. I started dancing in Israel. Um, I was never technically the best dancer. I was not flexible right away when I was born. You know, I had to really work on fle my flexibility and my technique. But I loved performing. I loved performing. And ballroom dancing, yeah, I don't know. It was just... It was just what happened. And then so you moved to Canada then as a, yes. as a child. So I was born in Lithuania. I moved to Israel when I was... Uh, after six years from Israel, my family immigrated to Canada. And in Canada, I saw a dance competition. I saw a dance competition. Uh, was it? Oh, I forgot. It was a, it was the sports channel. Ah, like a TV show? Yeah, it was it was it was like a, it was ESPN. Okay, it was on ESPN. No it was on ESPN. Yeah, it was like this big dance competition. And it was from um, it was from New York or something. It was like the US Open Nationals or something. Um, and actually, it was Gary McDonald and Dana McDonald dancing, who are now really good friends of ours. Aww. And I saw them dance, and I said to my mom, oh, my God, Mom, I want to do this. This is amazing. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And I was 13 at this point, or 12, and this is very old to start ballroom dancing. I mean, okay. when you start ballroom now, people, kids are like two and, or, or three. Oh, okay. My husband was two. Wow. And two. my mom <laughs> took me to class. And you're a teenager, you're lanky and awkward, and I come into the studio and everyone's just younger than me and like looking amazing and professional and working so hard. And the coach says to my mom that I'm too old, it's never going to happen, don't waste your money. Oh, no. And I... He said, but, you know, you can stay for the class. And I was in the back of the class, and I was the tallest one, and it was just really awkward. And I just remember signaling to my mom, like, kind of doing this, like... <laughs> get me out. Get me out. Um, and then I think my mom the next day, she gave me, she was like, listen, what will it take for you to come back? And I jokingly said, $50. <laughs> and she gave me 50 bucks. And that was huge. 50 Canadian dollars yeah. for a 12-year-old. At that time, that was... I Your just, mom really wanted you to dance. She really wanted me to dance. Wow. She really wanted me to dance. Also, she really wanted to prove the teacher wrong. I think this is where I get from... I got that from my mom. I love that. He, she was like... She thought... she In her like little Russian accent, she was like, <laughs> that man will pay. <laughs> I will show him my daughter can dance. <laughs> and look, it worked. Because, mm. I mean, what would it have been? Five years after that? Yeah. Years after that, you were competing at a, clearly a very, very high level. As high level as Vancouver was at that time. Okay, right, I mean, yeah. I was, you know, but I was. I was getting, um, you know, we didn't have access to a lot of international coaches. At this point, I was flying to Toronto and Montreal and trying to train uh, and get better. And I started winning, you know, small competitions, little, you know, n small uh, inner city competitions. Mm -hmm. and But I worked really hard. I, I started late, so I had to work 
harder than anyone and uh, people were starting to pay attention and you know we had small little coverage from the TV crew mm-hmm. from Vancouver and they were quite supportive mm-hmm. but yeah we um, we won the we won the championship and things progressed things progressed from there I was mm-hmm. I was I was bitten I was like that's it I yeah. was I was got the bug I got the bug right? yeah that's it and then you were just in it and suddenly this amazing career develops in front of you I was reading something to do, uh, I don't know whether it's luck or being in the right place at the right time. I don't know what your, how do you feel about that? Do you think it's luck or is the it... When t- things work out as they, uh, like really well? Yeah, it, like there's certain things in life, you know, when you meet a person and that mm-hmm. person puts you together with this person, this has been kind of the story of my life. Right, there's this consistent right. chain reaction mm-hmm. of events. And it's really because I'm a very, I'm a yes person. Mm-hmm. I'm a... Let's do it. Yeah. Like, let's go somewhere where we don't know 50 people. And my husband would be like, oh, my God, like, never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It just. I think it's a culmination of so many things, right? The hard work, the there's got to be an element of fate. Do you know, like um, Sliding Doors? Have you seen that film? That I love that I movie. love Sliding yeah, Doors. Yeah. So it's things like that. I do think that we are. You're not that young. I know. <laughs> I do think that there's a there has to be an element of fate and you know everything is coming together as it as it should. Yes. Um, absolutely. You know? Definitely. Uh, absolutely. Uh we were training at a, a small studio in Vancouver at that time in Richmond, uh the Grand Ballroom. And that was my home away from home and can you imagine going into a studio opening the door and there's like Jennifer Lopez there? No, I can't. Honestly. It was mental. <laughs> I was like Oh my God, that's J-Lo. But this was like the beginning of, this was Jennifer Lopez still. This was the beginning of J-Lo. Okay. Actually, she was just starting to date Ben Affleck because that whole scandal <laughs> happened in that during that time. But in, and it was, um, so it was Liz Curtis. Um, and these were the choreographers. I think they had just done, uh, you know, this very famous film. I studied it in films in Strictly Ballroom. And Gary McDonald was there, the guy who I saw on TV when I was 13. Oh, my gosh. Like, so he was there, and he was like, I was called Katie. I was called Katie. That's a whole other story, because in Israel, my full name, Katia Katerina, kids made fun of my name, and because the missiles that they were shooting at that time were called Katushas. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. That was like a... (laughs) But in Vancouver, most of my friends still call me Katie. When I go back there, they call me Katie, and he was like, Katie! We have the perfect part for you. You have to read for this part in this movie. We're doing this movie. Oh, by the way, Katie, this is Jennifer. Stop oh, hi, it. nice to meet you. And he was like, this this small role, it's called Perky Girl, and um, you're dancing with Stanley Tucci, and basically the scene is you're in the middle of dancing with Stanley Tucci. Somebody bumps into you, you slap him, and then you leave him on the floor. Uh, go to the changing room, go memorize the scene, and uh, we'll record it in like 10 minutes. No way. And I was like, huh, huh, okay, okay. And I took this little piece of paper. I went to this little changing room and I was like, you know, and then I went and we danced and I looked at the camera, I recorded the scene and, and that was it. And we were, I think it was a few months later. I mean, this was, you know, no WhatsApp. Right. I mean, emails kind of. Okay. We, we, we had the emails at this point. So long ago. <laughs> and then we were in Blackpool. No, way. we were in Blackpool. You went from Jennifer, from Jennifer Lopez to Blackpool. But darling, <laughs> sissy, you don't know this about your country. I'm probably not. Let no. me give you some. Uh, let me give you something. So, 
So England hosts the British Open and it's the most prestigious competition and it's hosted in Blackpool in the Winter Garden for the last 60 years. Oh, wow. Yes. And it is the, um, it is like the fashion world of, I mean, the, the dance world and fashion world collides and it is incredible. Really? You should see, because you know Blackpool. Right, I know it. <laughs> so now imagine Blackpool meets Cannes Film Festival. What? Together, like it is the most, if you ever want to do a documentary, people, go to Blackpool in May. You will see the most extraordinary so. things because you will see the red carpet of Cannes with Blackpool. I kind of love that they've never changed where it is. They haven't put it in London and get it in Blackpool. No, because the Winter Gardens, the Winter Garden is the most incredible ballroom. It's, it's our Mecca. Wow. Like this is our Mecca. This yeah. is what everybody strives for. So, so yeah, so we, you know, the whole world we meet in Blackpool every year. My husband's been going there for 25 years. Wow. So, and he goes, Katie, you got the part. You're coming to do a film with me and Jennifer and Richard. <laughs> and that was, that was. That was it. That and was then it. you're in the entertainment industry and you stayed in the entertainment industry for quite a while. Quite a while. Um, we. I, I did the film, I danced my world championships, and I did retire from dancing actually quite early on, uh, just for, for personal reasons. That's like a whole other podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, and um, I moved to L.A. I moved to L.A. Mm. I quit dancing and moved to L.A. Just quit totally. And what did you do? You went into more acting. acting. But I mean, you know, not the smartest decision, obviously, being 19, 20, moving to L.A., wanting to pursue being an actress. It's right. not the easiest thing to do. And how did it go? Um, well, you know, it was it was good for the first few months and then six months. And then I did have to get back to Vancouver to kind of get my head straight. Okay. Just, you know, too much money, too young, being right. in a California, in L.A. Right. And yeah. then you're broke without a job, being in L.A. Never a good idea. Right. It's like a film, this whole thing. <laughs> if there is a writer out there, I've been, we've been wanting to do this for a long time. It is. This would make a great movie. Your life? Mm. I'd, like, I'd watch it. I'm in. We'd like amp it up a bit. Right. Yeah. We, we could get Jennifer Lopez We'd and a get, few yeah, of the yeah, stars exactly, you've been yeah. around. What's been, what was your favorite, like a highlight or a favorite memory from sort of movie days? Well, I mean, the films, Shall We Dance, filming Shall We Dance and working with Susan Sarandon, Stanley Tucci, Jennifer. Jennifer is such a professional. I That movie really showed... Um, such a precedent in how I work now because Jennifer, she was, you know, she was not a ballroom or Latin dancer, but it, her confidence is incredible. Really? Jennifer can put like, I don't know, a drum on her head and walk through the door and you're like, huh, yeah, that, that totally works. Oh my God. Like it's just this in, insane co confidence and commitment to hard work. I'm mm. a, I'm a very, I'm a hard worker. Mm -hmm. I, I work really hard because it's that like, I don't know, uh, hard working, but working with these people. And of course, I mean, filming with Antonio Banderas, that was amazing. That take the lead scene. That, that scene's amazing. It that? was, I was, I had a big kind of personal story coming on to the, to the film. And my friend who was the choreographer, I had just come out of the hospital for a procedure and I had to film the scene and I was so sick. I had, I mean, at this point, I had 40 degree fever while filming this. I wouldn't no. be allowed. Imagine this would oh, happen no, like that. <laughs> I had zero voice. I had 40 degree fever. And I think it played in my favor because I was so sick. I didn't understand the, the, 
the moment of what was happening because okay. I was just so concentrating on not, you know, of just not passing out. Mm-hmm. And I remember the crew were just taking care of me and I was just drinking loads of ginger and lemon and honey just to kind of, and I just dancing it. And, and shooting a dance scene, guys, it is... <laughs> It is something extremely... When I got into acting after dancing, I was like, wait a minute, you stand on, on that mark and you Stay say there. those lines <laughs> and then you get paid how much? <laughs> and then I had to like work how many hours? No, but with dancing, so you have to shoot this dance scene as like a whole scene, mm. right? So you have to dance, the, you know, you have to dance that whole thing at least 10 to 20 times. Mm. And then each time they'll bring, you know, more closer, closer, closer. So it's... So the the final scene is a mashup of many different times you've done that dance. Wow. We shot it from, you know, we started at 5 a.m. and we finished at 10 p.m. Oh, my gosh. And that's just like the the, the full, you know, the wide shot. That was right. just the wide shot. And then it was it was extremely, extremely difficult. Wow. wow. Is the, the flu thing is a thing. I, this is a really random example. But didn't Gene Kelly have... A crazy flu when he filmed Singing in the Rain. Yes, he did. <laughs> I know that. Wow. Well done, Sissy. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Give it a knowledge. My he, mom told me that one day. <laughs> he did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe but I honestly, uh, I think looking back, uh, most, um, you know, I have massive stage fright. I actually, I just had to do um, a speech and introduction at 100 Women in Finance Gala at the St. Regis just oh, yeah. like recently, a few weeks ago. And I was crippled with stage fright. Really? Yes. And then, of course, you drink more champagne, which is never a good idea. <laughs> it seems like a really good idea at the time. Because I was just trying to subside this feeling. And when you're sick, you don't care about anything else right. except just getting better and going through it. And, yeah. Wow. It's, it's been definitely... Whenever you're sick and doing, a, I mean, nowadays, if you're sick, you, they won't let you leave home. <laughs> yeah, so you don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then you went from there to, and I feel like we have to mention it because I think it's the coolest thing in the world. You were on Strictly yes. for three years, was it? Three years on the show and then three years touring wow. with my own Strictly tour mm-hmm. with Pasha. Who's now with Rachel Riley? Who oh, met yes. on Strictly. Scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a thing, isn't it? Every year, <laughs> some sort of love story. Many dancers, though. You know, we're just all—it's like all like circulating within the same pool of sharks. You know, this right, is, right. And it, it must be just such an intense atmosphere. You're just together all day, every day for what? Twelve weeks. Yes. It? It's. Weeks? I think at that time you either hate each other or you end up falling for each falling other. For each other. <laughs> Or there is that time, you know, where you just end up building a really cool friendship. Cool. Yeah. And are you still friends with your partners that you were with? So with Phil Tufnell, unfortunately not. We had a great friendship with him, but we had, there was some, (laughs) 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 there was, uh, there was some personal. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That was that was the first partner. That was the first partner, Phil Tufnell. And then second partner was Gavin. I loved Gavin. Mm. I loved him so much. He was such a sweetheart. Um, uh, Gavin was just going through a massive divorce with Charlotte Church at that time. And oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. But Strictly is for, and for anybody that doesn't know what Strictly is, right, it's Dancing with the Stars, but the UK one, but it is huge. Like it is, we were saying before we recorded as well, this is the biggest TV show in the UK, without a doubt. 
So it's in the Guinness Book world, in the Guinness Book, <laughs> I have dyslexia, <laughs> uh, the Guinness World Book of Records as the most, um, uh, <laughs> most viewed, is it? Or? Most copied uh, TV oh. uh, franchise oh, wow. mo- uh, around the world. Yeah, I bet it's in every country, is it? It's it is yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's 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 just brilliant. Uh, but strictly, come dancing actually, mm. come dancing come was dancing. the original. Oh, it was English. Yeah, in the uh, like sixties or seventies or eighties, oh. that was the original one. Come dancing, and then it became strictly come dancing, wow. and then it went Massive. exploded around the world. Massive. Strictly is huge. It's um it's really intense because mm. people feel like they know you and they're super judgy and right. It's it's a very you know the the press and the fans are mm. very attached yeah and I imagine whilst the show's on you're recognized around London are you people know who you are people want to talk to you absolutely yeah there's paparazzi the good and the bad the good and right, the bad right. it's it's the good and the bad absolutely yeah. and yes. I'm sure that they want to create a story with you and your partner all the there time, was right? many of it especially <laughs> during my season with Gavin there was I was it was all over the tabloids I was also getting engaged at that time so that was never a oh good thing gosh. and every time Gavin left my house it was yeah it was never a good thing oh. <laughs> good thing my husband then left the house after and not my husband he was my boyfriend at the time but you guys were all friends and yes yes <laughs> yes absolutely oh my gosh so I think it's the coolest thing in the world that you're on Strictly I really do I it it is it is cool. It is cool. <laughs> it's definitely was, cool. I think I was I spent a year in India working for a famous Bollywood choreographer Shah McDavid. I saw this when I was having a read about you. I was like, this film you have, and you've done so much. But that was, I mean that was pretty cool as well. But um, I think in life, I think this is what life is about. You have to have, you need to experience life, mm-hmm. and I hope. This, this COVID situation, the fact that we can't travel and explore other cultures and languages and yeah. things is, it's what makes us static in life. And mm-hmm. it's important to do that, to, to yeah. give experiences. And with creating Ballroom Bees, you know, all the teachers and young talent that I bring on the team, I, I hope to give them those different types mm-hmm. of experiences mm-hmm. as well. Not just as teachers, but obviously as performers. Yeah. So here we are in Hong Kong and that's what you do. How do you, how do you end up in Hong Kong? Um, I was I retired from uh, from dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to have a family. I did my last tour. I was already actually I was pregnant. I just found out I was pregnant. I did putting on the Ritz oh. in Blackpool. <laughs> Back to Blackpool. Blackpool. You have no idea. I actually got pregnant with my first in Blackpool as well. <laughs> and then it was it was just like it was it was yeah it was that I mean Saint Saint anyways. <laughs> keeps haunting me <laughs> we my husband was going um, Asia Hong Kong is huge for ballroom dancing this you told me before and I th- I don't know why I find that quite shocking but I suppose Hong Kong is just such a hub for a lot of things um I think when you have access if you had the ability to play a sport a game mm-hmm. with any like who is Sissy, who's your, who would you like to play a game of tennis with or football or I don't know, what's well, your favorite sport? Well, it would be football. But if I was going to do tennis, it would be probably Serena Williams. But they're all going to be American, even the footballers, probably. Well, there you go. Right. So if you could pay for, you know, hey, I want to play with the best. I want to learn from the best. Mm-hmm. So this is what happens in Hong Kong. So if you have the financial ability and resources to play with Tiger Woods. Right. 
you know, you bring the best dancers in the world to mm -hmm. be your teacher and mm -hmm. to dance with them. Mm. And so the elite of Hong Kong, you know, but it started from the 80s, actually, the 90s. Uh, the royal family in Japan was putting on these really ma uh, big events and superstars of dance. Wow. And so a lot of the great dancers were starting to come here to work. Mm -hmm. And then the teachers and the coaches followed. And it became a really big hub for ballroom dancing. Wow. And there's money here. There's a lot of money here. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I mean, it's at one point when my husband was running a studio, I think we had like Forbes top 10 richest families doing classes. Wow, wow. And so you and your husband moved here to, to teach. I, no, I moved here to make babies. Okay. To have babies. <laughs> no. My, I, I retired from dancing at this point, so okay. I was, I was done. Right. I was done with, with everything. I just wanted to take some time off and have kids. Mm -hmm. And my husband was working a lot in Asia, China, Hong Kong, um, everywhere. He had a studio here, so it was just inevitable. And right. I just wanted a new adventure. Yeah. And I loved Hong Kong. So yeah. I've been to Hong Kong previously, and Hong Kong always reminded me of, Vanco of Vancouver. Mountains, ocean. Right, city. Yeah. But way more fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Vancouver. I love you. I'll retire there. I'm not as cold. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, we, we came here to do uh, to do this. and uh, But I was, I mean, I moved here with a nine-month-old baby. I had no friends. Um, my husband was traveling a lot. Um, and I was bored. Right. I was bored. I was lonely. Um and I, I didn't know what to do with my baby because it was my first baby. So I just kept taking him to classes, mm -hmm. to loads and loads of different classes. Really? And then I realized, wow, activities for children are really big here. Huge. Like it's Anything that's not school, any activities that aren't school, they love. Really, really huge. And then I started looking at uh, quality of those activities. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, really? For that amount of money, mm -hmm. this is what I'm – this is – and then at one point, I, and then I said my, my, my business side, my business mind started working like, wow, I, you know, creating something for children, you know, as a business is a great idea because they are the future. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then I realized after a while that my sons were playing a lot of sports, but they were not doing, um, I didn't feel like they were developing artistically enough. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wanted still a physical outlet, so not drawing or, you know, still. And I went to a dance class to a studio I shall not name mm -hmm. and um, paid $400 for a trial, which is oh, wow. unbelievable. Yeah. But then it's free if you sign up for like a $10,000 package. <laughs> so, but... Um, in that class, the moms said to me that I am in the wrong class because I was with my son and it was 12 other girls. And then they didn't have anything for my son to hold. Like it was mostly girl like props. Right. Okay. So I'm not, we're not getting there, but it was, it was, it was a lot of girl uh, props. Sure. And my son started crying and it was just such a mess. And I thought, wow, this is so, you know, instead of. Instead of rewarding the fact that there are boys in dance classes mm -hmm. in these ballet schools, which usually don't have a lot of boys, I came home really angry. I told my best friend about it, and she said to me, you should create a program. Mm -hmm. you, should, you should create a program with your background, you and your husband's uh, names and experience. You should write and create 
a ballroom dance program that speaks to boys and girls across Asia. Mm-hmm. And this was the birth of Ballroom Bees. Ballroom Bees. And I was like, oh, what can I just say? I was like, I remember I was like, oh, but ballroom what? And I was like, how could it be like? I was like, B on B, Ballroom Bees. And I was like, I'm sure that's taken. And, and I awesome. went, and it was not taken. And I remember that second I bought all of the domains. Really? Yes. How could it not be yeah. taken? Yeah, I know, right, actually. It's ballroom bees. Like, it's a beer. Yeah. It's so catchy as well and memorable. Yeah. So this was born with the idea of um, kind of taking some of the gendered stereotypes out of dance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think people who don't know much about that. When I grew up in North America, before Glee, before Dancing with the Stars, before So You Think You Can Dance, I was bullied for dancing. Ballroom dancing was not on mainstream TV. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was like, you know, oh, twinkle toes. And that's what my grandma does. And I was really bullied. Plus, I just moved from Israel and I went to ESL classes. So my I didn't speak English. Right. So, I mean, put that together with ballroom dancing in high school in North America. Pff, yeah, 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 yeah. It was not fun. Of course, now, you know, coming in, you know, the U.S., I mean, dancing, dancing mm-hmm. is huge. But this, this is a really good opening of the film, you know, you at high school, you, like, eating your lunch on the toilet, <laughs> yeah. you imagine I just see it. Do you want to do this together? Yeah. I'll make this film with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to develop a cartoon uh, cartoon for Netflix, actually, for oh, kids. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, but, Sadly, I don't have any skills to bring to that, I can't draw or anything. But, but the film, there we go. No, okay. The I like the, yeah, the film, yeah. <laughs> I've got the vision. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dancing, well, even when I was growing up as well, dancing, I mean, dancing was quite popular for girls, but certainly for boys, you would have been really laughed at if you danced. Yeah, I mean, and this is this is like the Billy Elliot story, right? right? Yeah. This is the Billy Elliot story. But you know, now in England, you have so many children dancing. Yeah. And it is thanks to Strictly. I mean, Strictly, Dancing with the Stars, Glee, So You Think You Could Dance, it just made, you know, there's all these male artists and dancers that are really cool and powerful and mm-hmm. strong. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's important to break down the stereotype for me. Also, I don't think ballroom dancing was ever brought so accessibly as we do with ballroom bees. I think ballroom dancing is an extremely expensive hobby and sport. It's in the same price range as tennis or golf because it's a lot of private lessons. It's a lot of traveling. And then, of course, you have a lot of ballroom dance clubs that specifically cater to just ballroom dancing. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, are not sure yet, you know, ballroom bees is just a great uh, stepping stone because you get to kind of dabble in and you know we I have a fully uh, I've created a program before you learn how to waltz and cha-cha you know kids need to learn what is a heel and what is a toe and it is in a much more fun environment Mm -hmm. where you know I brought in my experience of Strictly where you know I I bring in really top chart hits like Savage Love, mm-hmm. and I do, you know, whatever they do on TikTok, but then I was like, I put in a little summer bounce and a little <laughs> summer whisk, and we're doing, you know, I'm putting in ballroom and Latin technique and sprinkling all over it, but I'm just relating it to them in what they understand. Right, right. And what ages are you working with? So we have five categories at the moment. We have our baby bees, one and a half to two and a half. Oh my god! Growing bees, two and a half to four. Honey, four to six. Super so six to eight. Names. And mighty bees, eight to eleven. <laughs> the names, I yes. love it. 
We actually we just we just sold our first franchise to Brunei. Oh really? Last week. No way. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So are you? Do you teach, or are you kind of the overseer and you have teachers that? Do I still this? teach. I still teach, teach a lot. Um, not a lot, but I do. I, I do teach. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to create a concept that. My husband could only, people only want my husband. Oh, really? So it's not very scalable. Right. <laughs> um, and so I wanted to create a program that is, whether it's me or somebody else, that it speaks the same language. Mm-hmm. And I know, of course, it is <laughs> very difficult to to do it. But so far, we are doing it. And I am overseeing a lot of locations. Um, I'm always, you know, up until we hit 150 students, I knew everybody by name. I knew all wow. the parents by name. Yeah. I think at this point where we're hitting 300 students, I can't remember everybody. Sure. But we are doing a big ballroom bees ball in three weeks. Oh, no way. So we're bringing in 15 locations, 200 students, 300 parents. We are doing it three shows throughout the day to keep in standard with the COVID rules. Mm-hmm. Um but I get to see everybody. Oh, how cool. So I'm, yeah, so we get to see everybody and I got all of our teachers to dance. No way. So we're doing a surprise performance for everyone. Oh, they'll love that. That's so good. That's yeah. amazing. And your boys are part of this? Do they do it? Of course. Of course. Of do they course. love it? Um, sometimes they do, sometimes <laughs> they don't. But um, we were in K-11 and it was, uh, we're, we're doing choreographies to, you know, All I Want for Christmas and Jingle mm-hmm. Bells. And I was like, oh, Alexander, I was like, you know, and he was like, oh, mom, please don't do this now. <laughs> Not in public. <laughs> but they do. They do dance. They completely, every time the music is on, I mean, we have dance parties at the house all the time. It's inevitable. I mean, mm-hmm. from salsa to jazz to, yeah, yeah. I love salsa. Yeah. Uh, they're just always dancing because we're always dancing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And why do you think it's important that kids grow up with this sort of artistic or musical outlet? I mean, I did as well. I did lots of dance, but lots of people don't, right? To me, um, it, to me, when boys learn to dance, it teaches them, it, it normalizes their relationship with the opposite sex. Mm. I think a lot of things that we get when it comes to dancing is like, oh, I'm touching somebody's hand and oh my God, they're so close to me. And it teaches them healthy boundaries because to us from, you know, from a young age in our class, we ask a girl's, your partner's hand, would you like to dance? And this is where you hold a partner and this is how you hold a partner. Mm. So you learn how to be in close proximities with them without being so nervous Mm. about it. This is why it's important to bring this program into schools as part of an ECA that high school kids, because once you hit, you know, I see this, once I see, you know, eight, nine-year-olds, they become really awkward. And what they see on TV, what they see on social media, it's not real life. And to bring in an ECA program where the kids learn to waltz and learn to salsa, it's just so cool. And Mm -hmm. it's a skill they'll use for life. And they're going to get over themselves by, you know, the whole, oh, my God, I'm standing next to a girl and, Mm -hmm. ew, boys are so gross. Right, right. It just will teach them healthy boundaries, healthy relationship, and normalizing being in close proximities that's, and being yeah. respectful to the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really, in, I hadn't thought of that, like almost like consent as well, right? Of like asking. But that's, and that's the thing. I mean, when my husband was learning to ballroom dance, his grandma was a dance, but this is what they did, you know? The boys 
came to the girls and they said, would you like to dance? And the girls said, yes, put the hand on their hands and, and then they danced the waltz. Mm. I mean, if I go and dance a salsa or a waltz, it doesn't mean that I want to go and have babies with them. Right. Yeah. It means I just had a dance with them. Yeah which is normal and this is the thing is that nowadays it's like oh my god they're dirty dancing that means right yeah it's yeah, the yeah, end yeah, of the yeah. world and especially i think in asia culture you know boys and girls are so shy mm. oh yeah, yeah they're so shy and they spend so much time by themselves and alone and on their phone and in front of their tablets and computers and tv sports and dance is important because they they're in groups. They're together. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's so you know. It's yeah. what I remember from high school. It was like, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm not sporty, right. but I love playing sports right, because yeah. I'm super competitive, uh-huh. and I love being a part of a team. Yeah. So whether it was lacrosse and you know badminton, mm-hmm. I was in it. I mean, I wasn't great, but I was a hundred percent there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do think it's. Kids here are much more shy, and I think from a young age, kids here are much more gendered. Do you know, the girls are going to go and do this, the boys are going to do this, and then they don't really see each other, so then they get to 16, 17, 18, they meet the opposite sex, and they're just but like, what This do do? is exactly what I'm trying to break. Right. This is exactly, I'm, we've, we're now are going into two international schools, but I, I truly, truly, truly wish, my dream is to see, to have ballroom bees, ballroom dancing as part of our curriculum in right. in school mm. because nowadays it's you have thousands of ballet schools in Hong Kong yeah 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 thousands of ballet school and I love ballet I'm Russian mm-hmm. I grew up on ballet the Bolshoi I'm a huge ballet fan but for boys it's more important for boys to do ballet and dance and then girls to do sports you know and then what happens like oh my daughter loves ballet but then once the the whole tutu thing wears off yeah. Ballet is really hard. It's like extremely hard. And if you want to be a ballerina, amazing. But of course, ballet is wonderful. It teaches you posture Mm -hmm. and, you know, structure. But most of the ballet classes here, there's not a lot of boys. No, I bet, yeah. And bar and bees, we have a lot of boys in classes. You do? We have have 30 to 40 percent boys. That's Actually, some classes, we have more boys than girls. Wow. That's really good. And are you mi- mixing a lot with the local audience, or is it quite like Western sort of families engaging? This, you know, stuff? we're we grew a lot this past year, but we're also you know we're a startup. Mm-hmm. We're we we it started in our living room and right. like like it was you know we would <laughs> it's still it's still kind of like this. We're just kind of running behind, but um, it is uh, my twenty twenty two plan is to expand more into the local market. Mm-hmm. To and I think um, for us, if we if I would have a chance to go on TVB, this is the local TV station, mm-hmm. to to make them understand the difference between ballet and ballroom and ballroom bees because most of the questions from the local families. Well, listen to me, a hundred percent. I'm like guarantee. Once I get people into a trial, they see the program, they love it. But the first kind of twenty messages goes, "What kind of dancing do you do? Right. Is it ballet? No, it's not ballet." So what do you do? Because, you know, it's like it's it's like explaining Coca-Cola. It's Coca-Cola. Ballet right. is just it's easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's no dimensions to it. Sure. It's ballet. Right. With ballroom bees, it's just so multidimensional mm-hmm. that it's and we do, we have all the techniques that ballet teaches. You know, mm. we teach that as well. Mm. 
It's so exciting though. And you, as you're saying, you're now you're going international. This is something that can just grow and grow and grow. Is that the hope that this just is everywhere? Absolutely. Yeah. I am um, world domination. <laughs> world, do- world domination. <laughs> world domination. Um, yes, I do because I really I love. I'm passionate about getting children to dance, and I think that this program makes it accessible. Makes it accessible to everybody. That mm. everybody can afford, everybody can do this. Mm. I want to come. You want any adult classes? Of course. <laughs> you want to come be a teacher? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. That's the other thing, you know. I started with hiring the best dancers in the world as teachers, mm. and then I quickly realized the best dancers in the world suck at being teachers. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a bit like sports people. The best athletes are often not very good coaches. It, so completely. So yeah. we've, you know, we've we've had this uh, big discussion as well. And we started hiring people who are passionate about working with children who obviously, because talent, I I don't, to me, it's not about talent. To me, it's about the hard work. Right. I think a lot of people are talented, but they don't do much with the talent. Talented people are lazy. Right. People that don't have the talent are much, you know, they will work twice as hard. They have something to prove. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They have something to prove. And, you know, we have, we have one, two, three, four, five, five ballroom, ex-ballroom dancers on our team. But the other five are non-ballroom dancers on right. our team. Obviously, with dance experience in different things, but they're so passionate about working with kids. And, I mean, you try being in a room with 15 two-year-olds. <laughs> but, of course, we give you the tools to, to be able to lead the class, yeah. to yeah. lead the class. And, you know, our program, we have the tools, we have the curriculum we work with early year educators with teachers with psychologists you know we we brought everybody in on this mm-hmm. and that was really important to me i mean obviously i've i've, I've tested it on my right. kids yeah yeah and a lot of our teachers have kids yeah but this is the funny thing is whenever cuz i usually i do the hiring and i see i always see the potential as a casting director or like agent but i always see the potential in people and i was like oh you would be great and they were like oh no 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 and I said, for a month, you know, our training consists of shadowing and mm-hmm. assisting. You come, you see it, you kind of, you start observing the language. And then the ones that never thought that they could, they do it. And then they, of course, the bonus is they learn how to do ballroom. Yeah, you know, they yeah, learn yeah. ballroom. Amazing. So. So good. Sissy, let's oh, go. Oh, Katya, this has been so fun. I, I'm fired up and wanting to do ballroom dance. <laughs> Well, listen, I can hook you up with a few studios in Nottingham. Oh, yeah? yeah? Well, what I really want to do is get famous and then go on Strictly as a celebrity. <gasps> that would be amazing. I know, that that would be amazing. <laughs> you should totally do that. I'm trying. No, I'm what, what, are we, what are you doing to try? What are you doing? Besides, <laughs> no. we need to do more. We need to do more. How are the Olympics looking? Um, for me? Yes. Uh, not likely. Not likely. Okay. <laughs> I have a few other avenues I might need to explore, maybe. I don't know. Good. Okay. <laughs> Keep me posted. I know the castings. Oh, yeah. Just get me it. Just tell them. <laughs> um, Katia, this has been so fun. I've loved recording with you. Thank you so much for coming all the way here and then telling us all about you and Ballroom Bees. Thank you, Sissy. Oh, Katia, thank you so much for coming on In The Changing Room, being the last guest of season three. It was such a pleasure to meet you and to record with you and to learn about you and what you do. 
And that concludes season three. I can't believe it. Thank you so much to everybody that has listened, that has tuned in. Um, it's been great to do this season. It's probably been my most varied jet with uh, the biggest variety of guests. So it's been such a pleasure to meet such amazing people, uh, to interview them and to have them on this podcast. Um, I hope that everybody has a super Christmas if you're listening to this before Christmas and a wonderful start to 2022. And I'll see you very soon.